Welcome. Hey, how's it doing? How's it going? No, well, no, what's up with you? No, okay, all right. Uh, yeah, it's been one week since the last intro to people, so of course you should hear another one, right? I promise the intros will get less awkward, maybe. Uh, yeah, so <laughs> Jesus, this is this is funny to me because it's like I'm stumbling over my words talking to a microphone in like a basement by myself. And it's just kind of like, what are you doing with your life? Because uh, in this moment, it looks kind of awkward. Well, welcome to Intro to People. Sorry you had to suffer through that. My name is Brooks Dawson. I'll be your host. Uh, this week on the show, we have comedian Dusty Slay. He is uh, one of a kind, has a very interesting story, um, and he is just very funny. Great conversation overall. Uh, 10 out of 10 would, would converse with Dusty again. Uh, but yeah, without a further ado, let's just uh, make like an Olympic diver and uh, dive right in. Okay. So, Dusty Slay, take two, right? All right, let's do it. How's your day still? My day's great. My day's great. I spent, uh, woke up real early, and I uh, just been updating my website. Got a lot of uh, shows lined up. Okay. And uh, I even, I we talked about posters a little bit. I even designed a little poster for my website. Okay. Where I just put some, uh, my name on there, and uh, and then anything that I make, I'm always afraid that it looks terrible. You know, yeah. like I'm like I look at it and I go, "Oh, that's pretty good." But I feel like people come on my website and they go, "Oh gosh, what's this guy doing?" Yeah. Like I made a business card on on uh, on online, right? And I took a picture of it and I sent it to my friends okay. and I was like, "Do you guys like this?" And they were all like, "Yeah, yeah, it looks good." And the moment I got them, everybody made fun of me. That's the worst when you're so proud of something that you've done. Yeah. And you're like, "Hey, everyone, look at this." And everyone's like, "You realize that's that's not good." Yeah. Right? They're like, "Oh, you really ordered that?" <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, that was a real question when I asked you, did you like it?" Oh my gosh! So you got some dates coming up? What are you traveling around? Where are you going? Well, I got. Uh, uh, I'm going to Kansas City uh, to the Funny Bone, or no, it's a Kansas City Improv. Okay. Uh, I get to feature for Aries Spears. Ooh, he's good. Yeah, he's, so that that's an interesting cool. show. Yeah, is it? <laughs> yeah, he came through Zany's month ago, maybe. Yeah. And it's it's definitely it's definitely something. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That'll be a good time. And then I got after that I go to Indianapolis to Crackers and do uh, uh, I forget. Uh, I forget the person's name. Let's see. Uh, Marie Lacey. Okay. I could have just completely met. April Macy. April Macy. April Macy okay. is her name. All right. Uh, yeah, and then I got, you know, I got, uh, let's see, like, that's that's all, that'll be all of June, but then in July I got uh, I got a Zanies uh, thing. I got a Lachlan Patterson okay. uh, in late July. And let's see, we got uh, John Morgan, Augie Smith. Augie Smith. Yeah, you know. True legend. <laughs> right? Uh, <laughs> So, yeah, just get to travel around and do a bunch of those places and um, 
just getting to do comedy, you know? Like, okay. I've been doing comedy for a long time. Like, I like to say that I started in 2008, but it's, like, really only since 2012, 2013 have I been, like, really doing comedy. Yeah. Like, so when did, when did it, like, when did it start officially? Like, what got you into wanting to do comedy? Well, I moved to Charleston uh, in, like, Charleston, South Carolina in, like, 2004. Okay. I didn't have any friends, so I took improv classes. Yeah. And I did a little stand-up here and there. Uh, and then I, I, I quote unquote quit. I yeah. was like, you know, but I was just living on the beach, drinking all the time. I was like, <laughs> that's the life. And, yeah. And then every time I would go to do comedy, it would go bad. So I was like, why am I even doing this? Yeah. You know? Oh, man. And then uh, 2008, a friend of mine got me to do a show. And I wrote this uh, Letters of the Alphabet bit that I have. And okay. I did it in a, like five minutes in a show. And it went well enough to where I was like, man, I really like the way that feels yeah. again. So I started doing it more. And it really took me a long time to get a groove and it took me a long time to get comfortable to where I was having fun on stage. Mm-hmm. Like, I would say it was like 2011, 2012 before I was like, I had that moment in a show. Yeah. Or I did a, my friend used to run this place called the Charleston Music Hall. He still runs it, uh, but it's a 900 seat uh, theater. Okay. And on a, the off nights, he was letting me put on a comedy show there. Yeah. You know, like the first one, I think we had like 400 people show. Okay. Right. And then it got, it was like 200, then 100, and then we tried one on a Wednesday night, and I think we had 30 people show up, <laughs> and it was 30 people in a 900-seat theater. Yeah. So there's no one there. This felt huge, right? Yeah, and <laughs> half the people I knew, and the other, you know, and so I just went out and uh, was just kind of messing around, and I was like, oh, I'm like having fun on stage. Yeah. Before, it was always like, go do the jokes. Mm-hmm. If it goes well, you enjoy the feeling after the show. Yeah. But I never was really enjoying it on stage. Like, it wasn't painful, but I wasn't like uh, being able to be myself. Yeah. You know? So you, you say that show was where you were like, okay, this is this is something I could do. This is something yeah. I enjoy. Yeah, I was like, I mean, I already felt like it was something I could do. And I was, you know, getting more and more comfortable, but only comfortable behind my jokes Mm -hmm. like as long as my material was working it was great but I didn't have any I couldn't fall back on any improv or any uh, and it was just that show where it was like well it's already uncomfortable because there's 30 people here and it's such a different world being able to go to a show as an improv and then just do it and instead of like stand up where you go to the show and you're like oh well I hope everything I've been working on for the last week really pays off yeah yeah exactly and then uh uh, so from there, it's just, uh, you know, I went to, uh, I went to New York, uh, for a month and, uh, just hung out with a friend, did a bunch of open mics. And okay. when I was in New York, I was like, you know, obviously there's a lot of people here that are better than me, mm-hmm. but I also got to see that I was better than a lot of people. And yeah. I was like, Oh, this is, I was, like, cool yeah. I was like, I can do this. Okay. And then, uh, shortly after that, I moved to Nashville and then. I was here about six months, had a job, and then I, uh, that job was a seasonal job, and when it ended, yeah. I was like, I'm just gonna not get another just job for and try to do it, and uh, so far, I mean, it's been like seven months, and I'm, I'm booked up. Really? Only seven months? Seven months, full-time. That's insane. Yeah, and I'm, I'm all booked up. Um, you know, I got stuff every weekend. I had every, every weekend in May, every weekend uh, in April, and then uh, June, July, August, September, mm-hmm. mostly all booked up. That's awesome, man. So what were the, I would say, instead of, you were at, in New York, right, and then you kind of had the options probably to check out, like, Chicago, L.A., what were the advantages in your head to moving to Nashville over those places? Well, I had talked to some people, there's there's a guy named Keith Alberstadt, who's a Nashville mm-hmm. guy who yeah, lives yeah. in New York City, and when I went there, 
I got a chance to talk to him, and he didn't say go to Nashville. Yeah. But he was like, he said, the advantage that I had, he said, I was in Nashville and I was able to get to all these other cities. Yeah. So easy, he said, you know, and then I was able to build up a name for myself before going to New York. He was he was basically passed at all the clubs Mm -hmm. in New York before he even got there. Yeah. So he wasn't out, um, you know, trying to pedal tickets to people yeah, yeah. to get stage time. And he didn't have to work his way all through the open mic scene. Mm-hmm. So I thought, that sounds like a better approach. Yeah. I mean, I can pay cheap rent. Nashville's a cool town. Yeah. I can travel to all these cities and do the road comic thing rather than just sitting, you know, dirty open mic rooms all yeah. day in New York, which is fun, but also can be a little depressing. Yeah. I mean, I've been, in, I've, I spent six hours before sitting in open mic rooms in New York and I know there's people that do way more than that, but six hours, I'm like, you kind of just kind of start hating comedy. You're uh, like, I imagine that just weighs you down. Yeah, being in there for so long. Look, and it because it's not that people are so bad, uh, it's that people have such bad attitudes. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's like people get up there, they're like, I don't even have any new jokes, and it's like, well, uh, what are you doing here? Uh, why don't you go <laughs> write some great, jokes? That's a great, great start to a set. Yeah, hey, I got nothing new, uh, and it's like, well. Come back when you do, do because I want them. Yeah, I want them to like my comedy enough to where they like. I want to take that guy's CD home. Yeah, but so your CD, right? Your debut, making that fudge, correct? Right. What were like the biggest obstacles for you creating that CD? I think it was just uh, finding. I don't know, getting the right atmosphere for recording it. Like I tried mm-hmm. it at my my home theater in Charleston, Theater Ninety Nine. Uh, one time I tried to do a video and sound and just everything went wrong like yeah there was a guy who was like i'm gonna do a three camera setup for you it's gonna be great and then he's like all right i can't do it but i got a guy that's gonna do it he's, he's gonna got do a it. handy cam yeah he's gonna hey. be sitting in the crowd well it was it was like he's gonna do the same thing right and then that guy was like i can't do it but i got a buddy coming and what i needed all i, I was gonna try to get as much as i could but what i wanted was a 20 minute unedited clip Mm-hmm. Uh, that I could send to clubs and say, yeah. look what I can do, right? So that's mainly what I needed. But I thought, hey, if we can get more out of this, let's do more. And then that guy uh, showed up with the camera. He's like, all right, this is a great camera, but it can only record seven minutes at a time, so I'll have to keep restarting it. <laughs> so I'm like, now nah, this is... It's the best camera in the world, right. trust me. Right. It can't record eight minutes. <laughs> but it's like, not, it was great quality, yeah. but now it's like everything that I needed is gone. And then, so then I tried another time where I was like, I had a recording studio in Charleston mm-hmm. and they were, they I had done a thing for them for free. So they were like, yeah. Uh, so we had this whole deal worked out where I could record the album there, right? Mm-hmm. And then I had my buddy, uh, Tim Heckle open for me. And Tim Heckle, uh, he's got wild energy and if he connects with an audience, he blows it away. Yeah. And then the guy who was running the recording studio had a drum set. So my friend, there was like, I got there, and they started about 30 minutes late, and then they had a girl play music for about an hour, yeah. so all my friends showed up uh, on time, and that they're already there an hour and a half, and then my buddy goes up, he goes long, he does like 30 minutes, and then the guy plays drums at the end of his set. Just a little so, solo there. So he just ramps it up, right? <laughs> and then I come on with my low energy, people are having to sit on the floor, <laughs> and I'm like, uh, I'm like... 10 minutes in, I'm like, all right, this is never going to be a recording that I use, so yeah. let's just have fun. And then I still got that recording, um, but I, it was just not good. Like, even mm. the guys were in the, like, they're all drunk and high, and they're in the back of the, uh, like, in the sound booth or whatever, yeah. and you could tell, like, my buddy was like, you could see them, like, messing around in there, and it's like, it's really distracting <laughs> for your show. So then, 
I moved to Nashville and I went to that Cult Fiction Underground, which yeah, yeah. only held like 50 people. I had the concrete walls, great sound. And every time I went there, I got laughs. No matter yeah. what I did, I got laughs. And I was like, this is the perfect place to record a CD. So I found a guy, like Screen Door Records, and he did it for super cheap. He just came in, recorded it. And I'm glad that it all went the way that it did because um, I got to tell my jokes in front of jokes that I had told for a couple of years at least mm-hmm. uh, in front of a uh, pretty much new audience in Nashville. Even yeah. though it was a lot of comics and stuff there. And then uh, the recording went great. So I'm ultimately I'm glad that it went that way in the end because uh, I didn't include jokes before that I that I put on this one. Yeah. And uh, you know, and now I'm like I think the jokes that I tell now are better than what's on the album. Yeah. But I still think the album's good, but it still it's still like, Yeah. You give them the good stuff, they take home the other good stuff. Yeah. It's just a whole whole night of it. But I just feel like, you know, progressing in, in my I feel like I'm able to talk about more more real stuff. Like yeah. where the album is just tons of jokes. Yeah. And I like telling jokes, but I like also being able to talk about some real stuff. The stories and yeah. all that. With some exaggerations yeah. in there. Yeah. I mean, know? of course, right. Yeah. So you're talking about, you know, going in front of a new audience and stuff. And you're from Alabama originally? Yeah, yeah. Do you feel like your accent, you know, you're going up in front of random like New York crowds or anything, do you feel like your accent helps you out or hinders you a little bit when people are like, oh, who's this guy? I, I don't think that it hurts at all. I think mm-hmm. that the only time that, like somebody told me last night I had that joke about uh, uh, LeVar Burton, right? Yeah, and yeah. It's, uh, and, and I say he showed up on Star Trek blind. And they this girl told me that it sounded like I said he showed up on Star Trek blonde. <laughs> Right, so like if everybody thinks that I'm saying he showed up on Star Trek Blonde, then that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And she's like, it's your accent that makes it sound. So I'm trying to think of other words that I could put instead mm-hmm. of blonde, like showed up on Star Trek with yeah. no eyes, right? But people will be like, I don't. So I just got to work on pronouncing yeah, blonde. That enunciation. Yeah. Oh my gosh. But I think that, you know, you got to. Uh, I think sometimes in places, people will judge you based on your accent right away like mm-hmm. they might be like oh this guy's an idiot yeah. you know but it, as long as you're funny none of that matters yeah. like I did you know I'm not so familiar with doing like urban rooms you know but I did in Tampa I did did one and um, it was great I mean I was I was the only white guy of the bunch yeah. uh, and uh, and I was right there in the middle and I I mean a lot of people told me after the shows they would come up to me and they'd said uh, when when we saw you we didn't think we were going to like yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. You know? Like, people said, I, I, they said, I didn't think you were going to be funny, but they were like, you really brought it. It's so crazy how in the five-second walk from the door to the stage, everyone just immediately assumes, okay, well, this guy's, well, what's, right. what's going on here? Yeah. Yeah, and especially me, like, the two guys that went before me were both kind of high energy, like, yeah. acting out their jokes, and then here I come just, just talking, and they're like, oh, gosh. But I, I, I you know... I try to work some different jokes in there and pull out. And I think that uh, all, being on the road is ultimately making me, uh, I wouldn't say uh, dirty comic, yeah, but yeah. it's, I feel like it's pulling other stuff out of me that if you do like just nice theater crowds, you yeah. never have to do. You just but get like, to be very upfront and hello everyone, how are we doing? Right. Highly entertained. Nice. But people, you know, people in some of these blue collar towns that have been. Uh, working all day. Yeah. They don't want to hear my jokes about letters of the alphabet. Yeah. You know? They're like, tell me something about some weed or something. You know? <laughs> tell me about the worst time you ever bombed. Um, I, I 
think the worst time was probably like my third or fourth time doing comedy. Yeah. Uh, and it affected me the most. Now, I've definitely had a, a, a fair amount of bombs since then. But this one was the worst because it just affected me the most. Like when I started doing comedy, uh, my friend, um, he was like, you know, you sh- I would do this country character in improv. And he was like, you should do that guy in stand-up you know he's like we could get you some overalls and stuff <laughs> so i would do overalls and no shoes right yeah and that's what i was doing that was my whole gimmick was i was like oh i'm so redneck <laughs> and uh and so the first time it went great and then i did a couple other times and it went great and this guy uh his name was uh kenny z and he hosted a uh, he had a radio show and he hosted this big thing at the music farm in yeah. charleston which is a music venue and it said uh Comedy Free with Kenny Z is what it was called. So yeah. they would advertise it on the radio. So I bet 400 people were at this thing. Okay. And I had never done 20 minutes before. And they asked me, could I do 20? And I was like, sure. I got, of course. I had 15 that was decent. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, I can add a couple of things in there. And, and I was just, uh, I used to move around real weird on stage. So my friend was like, you should just hold on to the mic stand just as a way to, to make you stand still. So yeah. I'd go out in front of all these people and I just grab the mic stand and I'm just standing completely still, very monotone, reciting obvious memorized material. Yeah. I mean, it was so memorized. I did it in my apartment probably 10 times that day. Yeah. Just, and I go, and about halfway through, this lady yelled, it's so quiet. Like, the audience is so nice. Like, they're not booing me. Yeah, yeah. It's so quiet. Uh, and they're not really laughing. <laughs> and this lady yells out, you suck. <laughs> And it's like everybody heard it. Yes, like, as your third time ever doing it. <laughs> right. Just getting destroyed. And my, and my friend was videotaping it for me. And uh, I just moved on and uh, just kept doing, uh, kept, my, kept doing my jokes. And then when I finished, I never watched the video. Never will. I think I deleted yeah. it. And uh, I didn't want to do comedy for a long time after that. I was, and I had always done it completely sober up until that point. Yeah. And then after that show... I started getting drunk every time that I would go on stage. And that's what I did up until I quit drinking in yeah. about 2012. I wouldn't always get drunk, but okay. there'd be a buzz on. Yeah, yeah. You know? And, uh, but that, that was the worst. It really affected me. Like, mm-hmm. I was like, man, that's scary. It's really scary to be told that you suck. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I've had more recent bombs. You know, in, in Milwaukee, I had one where there was just a, a real drunk couple right up front and they just would not be yeah. quiet. And you would have to make fun. Like, and the audience wasn't laughing at other things either. Mm-hmm. They just weren't being disrupted. The only time they would laugh is when you would make fun of those people. Yeah. And I didn't, I mean, I made one meth joke to them. Because they look like kind of trashy people. So I made a meth joke at them. And yeah. then the girl smiles and she's missing a front tooth. Oh, and I was no. like, oh, no. Now I feel bad. <laughs> like, I don't want, you know, I don't want to make fun of people. I just wanted them to be quiet. Yeah. You know? And that was a pretty bad bomb. And Johnson City... Uh, Tennessee was uh, I did I've done eight shows there now mm-hmm. and the first time I went we did four shows and uh, the first two were pretty good the last two were terrible and yeah. I talked about them forever it was only about ten people would show up and it's like they show up like not even like it's not not even like they're there to see comedy mm-hmm. like it's not a bar that you were like I'm just gonna go in here and get a couple of drinks yeah. I mean it is a comedy show but it's like they're not even there to laugh. It's yeah. like, let's go to this comedy show, see how drunk we can get. That, I've never understood that, that yeah. attitude. It's like, why would you, you know it's a comedy show. It'd be one thing if you were like, hey, this bar, I'm going to stand up and tell a bunch of jokes on this table and you guys better respect me and not talk. Right. But it's another thing to like go to like a Zany's comedy club or like a Chuckle Hut or whatever and be yeah. like, 
I just want to get wasted at this place that's like very dark and no one's really like talking and all that. Yeah. <laughs> just a strange choice there. Right. And it's like you can't even get into comedy if you're talking and then decide to look up at the yeah. stage once in a while. I saw girls do that at a show recently and I was like, it was fun, but it's like I just watched them and I was just like, I don't understand why you guys came here. You're not into it. And they would look over every once in a while and just laugh. It's like you have no idea what's being talked about right oh now. But but the, uh, I, you know, we used to do a lot of restaurant shows in Charleston, mm-hmm. you know, and you would do, like there would be, there was this one sushi place in particular we would do all the time. And yeah. we would barely advertise it. And then you would see the people just sitting out in the restaurant. And then... Getting ambushed by Yeah, comedy. and suddenly we would take the stage with a microphone. And it's like... Me and my friends, we always joke, like, it's like you get up to the microphone and go, hey, you guys having a good time talking to your friends? Now be quiet and listen to me. <laughs> I have the microphone <laughs> right. now. And I, would, I was never mean about it. Like, I never wanted to be, but some of the guys would be like, hey, hey, be quiet. There's comedy going on. And it's just like, just take it easy. You know, yeah. they had no idea that comedy was happening in here. Mm-hmm. And it's like most of the time, if you just go up and you're funny, People will listen. Yeah. And they'll go, oh, that's great. <laughs> but if you're just yelling at them, hey, be quiet, listen to this joke. Shh. Guys, I'm trying to be funny. <laughs> Shut up. Right. And then the people who want to be like, they want to be those type of comics that go after people, like, I'm getting everybody. It's like a lot of times those people aren't good. When yeah. they're good, they're real funny. Yeah, yeah. But when they're not good, especially on an amateur level, it's like, it's just embarrassing. Yeah. And, and you're just mean, you know? Yeah. Oh, man. So you're saying that you don't drink anymore. Is that still... still yeah, I haven't drank in like three and a half years that's now. That's crazy, man. So do you feel like um, kind of being in that comedy world, you feel like that's hard to like maintain? You feel like there's like a pressure, like an atmosphere at the shows? or? I don't think so. The, the worst part about not drinking uh, in comedy is the disappointment on people's faces when they want to buy you a shot. Oh, man. You know? Like, there was, uh, I just, in, in Florida, I got invited to a bar by these two girls, and uh, and we were all going anyway. It was the only bar near the place, so yeah. everybody was going. So I went there, and the moment I got there, they were like, what are you drinking? And I was like, I guess I... It's Sprite. I, I was like, I have a water, and I, just the one girl, the oh, look on man. her face was just like, she was so disgusted and disappointed, and just, I never saw her the rest of the night. Like, she was just <laughs> gone. Oh, it's it sucks because you're like not trying to be like rude or anything, but then you're like, oh, uh, I'm just trying to like take it easy, yeah, relax, and people are like, oh, wait, you hate me? That's why you're not drinking, right? Right. And those same people, like, because they don't know how I am when I drink. Yeah, I'm such yeah. a maniac when I drink <laughs> that those same people, if I were drinking, would be at the end of the night going, hey, you should cut it out. <laughs> Listen, man, we need you to calm down. Right. So they have no idea the extreme that it goes, mm-hmm. but. The only time I ever want to drink is like when I see an old friend that yeah. I used to drink with all the yeah. time, and I'm like, man, it, we had such a good time. It would be so fun to drink with you right now. Yeah. But other than that, I don't, I don't miss drinking. Yeah, I mean, I feel like at the end of the day, anything you do that if you do too much results in you throwing up. Right. You know, people try to stay, except like jogging. Maybe yeah. I feel like people still really right. crazy about jogging. Yeah, I mean, my problem with drinking is just like, like right now, I could say to you, all right, I'm going to have six beers, you know, and then I'm going to cut it off and I'm going to I'm gonna chill out. But I get six beers in me and I'm like, oh, no, there's no reason to stop now. Oh, I need to have 12 beers right. at least. Yeah, and, I can, and then let's do a shot and then let's go to the bar for a while, you know. I used to have a bar right next to my house and I would, I would go out and I would drink and a lot of times I would drive, 
uh, which is not okay, but I'm just saying I did yeah. it. And I would drive home, and I would get out, and I would be walking, and I'd be like, what I need to do right now is go inside and go, go to, to sleep. Go to that bar. But I'd be like, oh, there's a bar right here. Let's but go have one. there is a bar. Yeah, let's have one. <laughs> <laughs> just see if I can't ruin a friendship or two while I'm in there. And that's what, I, I've been I, I've been trying to write a joke about it, but I was like, you know, like, for me, like, blacking out, it's like, uh, it's like my brain just goes to sleep. It's like, it's like that friend that you have that's, gets real embarrassed of you when you get drunk and he's like I'm gonna get away from you my brain is like that for me he's I'm like, gonna just shut down yeah now. I'm gonna shut down I think we've had enough and then when I wake up in the morning I remember spots of the night yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. like my brain wakes up to check on me and he goes oh no you're still doing that still alive okay, I'll girl. see you in the morning and it's like um, but yeah it's uh, and nothing good ever happens like if you wake up and don't remember something bad happens mm-hmm. And every once in a while, I would wake up and not remember and find out that nothing bad happened, and it would be like a win. I'd be like, oh, wow, I didn't... I didn't get caught. I didn't do anything wrong last night. I would check my phone. I was like, oh, I didn't send any text messages. That's great. That's great news. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, do you have any advice for people? I know that you've only been doing this for like you know, two weeks, but any yeah. advice for people kind of getting into comedy? What would you say, like, kind of the... Some, some, what would you have loved to hear, like, right when you had started out? Well, I don't, I don't know necessarily what I would, what would have helped me, but mm-hmm. I just think that it's important to, uh, I think it's important to record yourself mm-hmm. and watch it. Yeah. And be honest with yourself. Like, yeah. like, because I feel like there's so many people who, who go, um, to an open mic and they don't do well and think that they did. Yeah. And it's like, you never get better that way. Like. I'm, I'm most of the time I think I'm too critical on myself but mm-hmm. it's like I just don't want like even if a joke is getting laughs but I think it's too cheesy yeah like my LeVar Burton joke that I have is borderline too cheesy for yeah. me I'm like this is but I but I like it alright mm-hmm. so I'm like uh, but I just think it's important to be honest with yourself like you can go forever not doing well and, and never know it because you're not you know really being honest yeah. like you're not looking at yourself and going oh no this is not funny but if it's not funny that doesn't mean you can't do it it just means you gotta work harder I got a whole notebook at home that I'll never uh, be able to use any joke out of there but I yeah. keep it just so I can go back and read it once in a while and know how bad the jokes yeah. were that I used to write see where you used to go at least see that improvement yeah I mean it's so bad how the joke that first notebook that I have is the worst thing ever it embarrasses me every time but but then because of that, it's almost like a little treasured heirloom of like, remember when I used to be terrible guys? Yeah. Like I'm not. Like look, I'm not bad. Right, right. And people will see me, and and think that you know that I've just been like you know that people that like me will think that I've just been as good as I am now, this whole time. Yeah. And it's so not true. Like yeah. I mean, I don't think that I was bad from the beginning. Uh, I just I couldn't figure it out. Like yeah. I couldn't figure out how these jokes that I would tell my friends would get such great laughs and then I would tell them on stage and no one would laugh yeah. and I couldn't figure out and then it's just like one day I had um, after the letters bit that I wrote I had mm-hmm. another set that I wrote after that where I did a story about uh, and it's on my CD about the dump truck both of these the alphabet bit mm-hmm. and the dump truck thing are on my CD which is available on your website and yeah and on iTunes there it is uh, making that fudge but yeah dustyslay.com it's available on there um and uh, but this this dump truck bit that I wrote it's the f- first thing that I wrote that's like really true to me like it's yeah. a true story it really happened first time you're finding your voice yeah and, you know and I got I got arrested 
uh, I was on the way to the army, uh, and uh, I got arrested. And uh, you're on your way to join the army. I had already joined. Okay. I had already done my physical. Okay. I had already signed up. I didn't officially get sworn in because I wasn't shipped off yet. But I got arrested before I got shipped off, and then uh, so I never went. Okay. And then I would have been in boot camp uh, in 2001 when 9/11 happened. Oh really? Uh, so I was like, I'm pretty happy that I didn't go into yeah, the army. You know. But that was the, the the moment, and it's still I still didn't become this amazing writer okay. all of a sudden. Still, I'm not an amazing writer. Yeah. Like I write stuff all the time that's not good. But I, uh, I it's the amount. Just keep writing all the time. Like yeah. I always keep a notebook or my phone, and I write down every idea that I think of even if it's not funny later. It's like you just never know when something's going to fit in somewhere. Like it may be one line that you wrote that you think is funny, but by itself it's not funny. But if you're, you're telling a story, maybe that line is just one punchline of that story later. So I'm like, if I think something's funny, I'm going to write it down. Okay. And I think that's important because people just have an idea of what they want to do. They're mm-hmm. like, well, this is who I am. This is what I want to be. And I don't think that you know who you are as a comic I, maybe I still don't know. Like my, I want to get some T-shirts yeah. uh, to sell, and my friend, I sent my friend some of my ideas, and he was like, "You need something that trademarks more who you are," you know. Yeah. And I was like, "I don't even know who that is." You, you know, know, what's that that Jerry Seinfeld thing where he's like, you know, you have to be on the stage for at least three hundred hours before you even figure out what your voice needs to sound like. Yeah. That kind of stuff. And, yeah, and I think that's true. I mean, I think I have a pretty good idea of how I tell a joke and what's funny. But even still, a lot of times, it, it's just not. Like, I go tell it, and it's just not. And then every once in a while, you tell something that maybe you don't even think is that funny. Mm-hmm. And it gets a huge laugh, which is, I got, I got a few, uh, few jerking-off jokes now. There you uh, go. That, uh, Moving up in the world. Right, right. <laughs> that I, uh, I was real questionable about. Right? Yeah. But I liked them. I thought it was pretty funny. Uh, and then I told them in this show one time, and it was the funniest part of my show. Really? And I was like, all right, well, I have to keep them. Yeah. Because I just watched grown men laugh at my jerk-off <laughs> jokes. So I have to keep these now. And uh, and then I've been doing them. And I you know, I try to keep it as clean as possible. Yeah, yeah. Even though I'm talking... like I never, I, 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 In fact, I don't even want to use the words jerk-off. Like I try... Like I use <laughs> cranking them out and rubbing them out because I think those are cleaner, funnier words. It's like I use dookie... Uh, instead of saying the word shit, uh, mm-hmm. because Dookie's funnier. You there know, you I don't have a problem with that with shit, but Dookie is a funnier word. I think that's a universal truth that we can all agree on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think so. Dookie and poop, like poop, is like seems like you're just trying not to cuss. Yeah. But Dookie is a funny word. Dude, I mean, you know, Green Day, right? Yeah. Yeah. Legendary album. Speaking of music, right? What have you yeah. been listening to lately? Well, I listen to uh, country mostly, but yeah. I don't listen to radio country. I re- really don't listen to anything that comes on the radio, yeah. unless it's like oldie stuff. But I like I've been listening to this guy Whitey Morgan okay. and the Seventy Eights, and they're the most country band I've heard in a long time. Yeah, and they're out of Flint, Michigan. Uh, okay, which is which is odd. That but, country uh, capital of the world. Yeah, but he's so great. Really? Whitey Morgan. I mean, it's so good. I, I, he's he just released an album too. I haven't got the new one yet, but uh, I don't. I just think it's great. It's just that real honky tonk oh, type man. feel. That authentic. Yeah, and I love that. Even and I got uh, some friends. Uh, the Royal Tinfoil is their name, and they're uh, uh, some friends out of Charleston, and okay. they have a great CD. Feed the Demons is what it's called. I feel okay. a little weird promoting Feed the Demons, but hey, uh, they're hungry. Right? Yeah, yeah, it's a great. Uh, 
It's a great CD. I, I, so that's what I like, like a rockin' country okay. type stuff, you know? There it is, man. All right, and then uh, are there any other comedians, you know, national, local, that we should be keeping our eyes out for? I mean, I would say that just because you don't know someone, uh, that doesn't mean you shouldn't go see them. Like, just because they're not famous, it doesn't mean they're not going to be funny. Yeah. Like, I feel like that's the misconception that people have. Like, they're mm-hmm. like, oh, I know him. I'm going to go see him. And oftentimes, the most famous people will be less funny yeah. than the people who are, because the people who are not famous, they're really working it. Yeah. Because they're like, I have they're to hungry. be funny. Like, because, you know, like if you're a famous guy and you've been in all these movies, people are going to come see you no yeah. matter what. But if you're not in anything, like, you got to be funny. I've seen I've seen shows with people who have been in a couple of movies where their whole set just boils down to them just like yelling and hitting the microphone against like the stool and stuff. And I was like, <laughs> right, oh, right. You're making so much money, but no one's really like actually laughing. They're just kind of being like, oh, we should laugh here. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like there was this guy that used to work at the bank that I would go to, and every time I would go in there, I would see him mm-hmm. and I would talk to him, and I'd always invite him to my shows. My yeah. shows cost ten dollars. Right, and I would always invite him. I'd be like, "Hey, come out! I got a bunch of local comics. It's gonna be a great show." And he never would come. And then one day I go in. He goes, "Hey, I saw a comedy show last night." And I was like, "Oh yeah, who'd you see?" He was like, "I went and saw Aziz." There and it's is. like, it's like, dude, you paid fifty bucks to go see Aziz, and I've been inviting you for years. It's like, yeah, Aziz is probably funnier than me, and he's definitely more famous. But you're gonna laugh at my show. Yeah. It's only gonna cost you ten bucks. Why would you not come? win-win on all fronts and that being said I don't know that Aziz is funnier than me but I'm just not trying to say that I'm funnier than Aziz well we'll end it with this just so you know Google searches right you know you type something and it says hey here's some other things you might check out if you Google Dusty Slay related search is funniest stand up all time so is that right wow. I mean I'm not saying it Google's saying it wow. I mean I would I would actually also say it I agree with Google there on those yeah, fronts. Yeah, I appreciate that. There you go, man. Well, yeah. Dusty Slay, thanks for coming out. Yeah, and, and, and my website, if you, uh, it's Dusty Slay, and it also, it's one word, so it kind of looks like Dusty's Lay, too, okay. which has been... Dusty'sLay.com. Yeah, I've had that confusion. I, I actually, <laughs> I had, uh, what is it, uh, GoDaddy.com is who I, I set it up with, and I had, I had problems with it, because I did it myself, and I had to call, and it was this girl, you know... <laughs> Everybody at GoDaddy seems attractive. Everybody I've ever talked to seems like an attractive woman. And she was like, all right, so we have Dusty'sLay.com. <laughs> and she's not going to say anything. She's like, who is this creep? Right. Trying she's to... just go- and I was like, not that it matters, but that's not what it's called. It's Dusty'sLay.com. <laughs> so I'm a comedian. Oh, my gosh. Dusty'sLay.com. Dusty'sLay.com. Be sure to check out the calendar, Making That Budge, the debut album. Other than that, man, thanks for coming out. Thanks yeah. for being here. Cool. Thank you.